Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the volume It's time for the parade in Pasadena. Tradition meets college football action in one epic bowl game. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make every play count. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting $5 on college football. Download the app now and use code JOHN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code J-O-H-N. John, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and, and responsible gaming resources. <laughs> Okay, live with uh, my main man, Stucky, who we've just been about uh, seven hours talking different playoff scenarios. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. You can find him on the Action Network. You, you can find him on, uh, the, as my mother calls it, the X Channel, which formerly known as Twitter. We got a lot going on, Stucky. My, my man, Stucky's fucking red hot. I mean, I, I don't know when the last time he's lost a game. I mean, the Chargers, plus 11 and a half. How, how about that one? The Ravens, that's... That's stealing money, but we got to move forward because we got a lot going on. Uh, before we get to the NFL playoffs, we have uh, 
There's nothing like during the bowl games, especially the bigger bowl games, when you have these famous coaches and they're getting ready for, you know, especially in the playoffs, these massive games, but it's like pictures of Saban and Harbaugh and Mickey Mouse. Uh, it's just, it, it's the best, you know, it's just, it, it's hard to beat. Uh, I, I, that photo going around the, this week is as good as it gets. It, it doesn't, you don't get that in the NFL, besides on Super Bowl week when it's very forced. In college, it feels like kind of natural. They're all enjoying themselves, even as they're getting ready for just, I mean, it's probably one of the biggest games Jim Harbaugh has ever played. It would definitely be one of his biggest wins of his career. And Saban, this is just another year. So let's let's start with the college football playoffs that I guess is Monday. And I saw, you know, the NFL, I guess they've been doing this now. We'll record this on Thursday, last Thursday night game of the year. There's no Monday night football. They basically concede. Now part of it is I think ESPN has the playoffs. So the playoffs, those two games get to dominate. Let's start with the first one. Uh, I Probably don't have... the only thing, the only thing that could dominate over any NFL game, uh, which, which is... I, I do think the NFL just, you know, in a weird way, they work with college football, right? Like they take advantage when college ends and they start going Saturdays. Yeah. And then on that one, they don't try to attack. Like they've gone after Adam Silver and they've treated him like the mafia, you know, treats people they want to get rid of and they've annihilated them. Uh, I, honestly, I, I've watched basketball, grew up on Michael Jordan. I, I didn't watch one dribble, not one dribble on uh, on Christmas Day. Yeah, I grew up playing, watching basketball. My first sport I started at was college basketball. Dad's an enormous NBA fan. Uh, the Sixers, I think the Sixers were on. The Sixers were Yeah, they, on. they play, they, they were on. And I was over at my dad's TV didn't change from NFL from start to finish. I didn't see one no. dribble either. Uh, I think it got... The, bir- the, the birds were on, though. What's that? The Eagles were on. Same, similar yeah, time. the Eagles were on. But, e- I-, I mean, even... Luckily, I didn't have to fight anybody. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be in Philly. The Ravens, Niners are on. Someone tries to put the Sixers game on. There's going to be some blood. Um, but, yeah, the I think there was like 30, 35 million were those were like the average NFL games, and the NBA were like one to two. Um, so yeah, that NBA monopoly on Christmas might be going away. Uh, but there, well, there's next only year, a next year's tu- next that- year's Tuesday, and they claim they're not going to do it. I we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, they 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 came. They, we had a Good Friday game this year, so Tuesday's next. Um, I think it's, I think there's only been one Tuesday game in NFL history. It was like a snow. Joe Webb beat the Eagles with the. Vikings. I were. I- I work for the Eagles. <laughs> the, During uh, that game? Yeah. And that was no way. Brett, Brett Favre had just been injured. And I'll never forget Favre, you know, had come to see Marty and Andy. And he was walking. And, you know, I was kind of numb to it by then. You've been going to these games, been around these guys. You're not. And I remember seeing Brett Favre walk down the hallway. And for the first time in a long time, I was pretty, I just kind of got started. I, I didn't, couldn't say anything. He's like, yeah. how you doing? And I just kind of, I didn't, I didn't even have a say, statement back. And he walked right into Andy's office. And then we lost to, like you said, Joe Webb in a. The, 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 if I remember correctly, the like storm was fucking outrageous. Yeah, yeah. It was, was supposed to be Sunday. Early. It was supposed to be Sunday night football, and I think got pushed back a couple days. Yeah, it got pushed back two days. I think the Eagles needed the win, or it was an important game. I think and... it cost us. If I remember correctly, I think it cost us the like a top, the number one seed, maybe. If that was 2010, if it was 2011, it was a, it was definitely a devastating loss. But 2010, we made the playoffs and lost to Rodgers the year he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, all my friends I grew up with are diehard Eagles fans, and that Joe Webb is like a <laughs> like a, a bad word. 
uh, yeah. in those circles. Like, don't pull. I think that was the that. that was the year after. I think that was Favre's last year in the NFL. It was the year after Minnesota had had that devastating loss to the Saints. So it would have been 2010. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, quick. A- any final thoughts? Like I've been saying, I, I think I'm going to go pretty heavy on Washington. I felt pretty good about that. I'm just betting on the coach. Uh, they have a lot of NFL players. That game makes me nervous. I mean, it could be a high scoring, just an elite football game. The Harbaugh Saban thing. Uh, I I'll be honest. I'm I'm rooting for Jim Harbaugh. I would like to see him win a national championship. But I've rooted for him for many years, and, and I've last year I was all in on him, and then he kicks you in the nuts, and he loses the game to TCU. And I, I just, it's hard. Nick Saban, now I, this has got to be, I have a lot of NFL friends early on in the season that were like, bro, he's going to go 8-4. and four. This is the least talented team he's had of all of his like national championship level teams. And he just, I think it's one of his finest coaching jobs. Now, Milrow, it depends who you get. Do you get the guy against Georgia who was making a ton of plays? Or do you get a, the guy against Auburn that beside that final throw was, let's face it, mostly bad? And I, I just, I have a hard time. Like, I truly believe this. Like, Jim Harbaugh's had a lot of big wins. But they're against, like, Mike McCarthy, uh, Mike Smith, you know. Beating Nick Saban, I think you could argue, would be right up there with one of the biggest wins of his coaching career. Ma- massive, yeah. He's 0-6 in his last six bowl games as well. Jesus. He- a little in their head too, I, so I'm curious to see how they come out because they've been talking about like changing up everything. We got we let's do less. Uh, you know, they were saying how Mike McDonald, the now defensive coordinator, is I think one of the best already in the NFL. When he was there, they were now they were talking this week how we went too deep. Um, and McDonald, they, McDonald was saying like they were going back to like when they were playing Georgia, they went back to like 2009. 2012 Georgia we're watching like every snap trying to find like a little nugget of something that so um they're kind of taking a more like basic let's focus on us approach so how that uh, how that work out for them against Georgia yeah not well <laughs> so the it's I'm, I'm interested because it's definitely like a talking point in there um they're aware of it I actually I like Michigan here but I will say it's it's a very difficult game to handicap. Usually at this point in the season, with two top five teams playing each other in the college football playoff, I have a really good idea of who both teams are. But Michigan just didn't – they have injuries, and they really didn't play anybody. Like, you played Ohio State. You played, you know, Penn State. Uh, it just doesn't win big games. But they, their non-conference was nothing. The rest of the Stucky, big teams Stucky, so they bad. had the fucking – they had the signs. They had the other team's signs, and now they no longer do. That's another key point that I just don't know how much it's worth. Uh, Alabama also hired one of their ex-coaches, which is really Yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, that's that's a wrench in here as well. But this, just from like a, you know, I, I think that this month off is going to help, you know, besides the point that you have saving with a month to prepare has always been great. But, you know, you have Corum Edwards, who might be like their most talented player. They haven't been fully healthy all year. They were hurt last year. Their offensive line had to deal with the loss of Zinter, one of the best guards in the in the country. McCarthy's been dealing with an injury, so I think like they can get healthier, get the offensive line together, and they're going to be able to run it a bit on Alabama. They're not going to be able to drop back. Like, so if this game turns, if they can't run it, that's the handicap of this game. If Michigan can't get a push and can't run it, the game is you over. hate their tackles, huh? Yeah, their tackles can't. You, Braswell and Turner, you're not going to protect them if it's if you're consistently in third and eight. 
the game's over. Um, they're not going to drop McCarthy back, but if they can, you know, stay ahead of the chains, and I think McCarthy's legs could be big here, um, and I think you might see like Edwards flash if he's fully healthy, because this Bama team, look, they they're another team that they're hard to crack. I mean, this is a team that benched Milrow at one yeah. point in the season. They almost and they were it was like six to three at South Florida in the fourth quarter. They you know, you go back to so their body of work is very bizarre. They came on at the end of the year, but they still should have lost to Auburn. If Auburn doesn't you know, spy the quarterback on fourth and 30, um, they beat Arkansas at home by three. It was a bad Arkansas team. They beat, you know, Texas A&M by six. So they were in, um, you know, they, I think it went five and oh, in one possession games. Uh, Stucky, I watched that game. It, honestly, Jimbo fucked up a couple times in short yardage situations. Yep. They easily could have lost. That easily. Game. Yeah. That, yeah, the field goal at the end at the one yard, I was yeah easily was, could have lost easily. Yeah, so lost. this team, they came on. The defense is really talented. They have two extremely talented. Fifteen, the pass rusher is good. Yeah, pass rushers. The secondary has come on because it's very talented and young. So it's going to be tough for Michigan to consistently get separation with their receivers. They're going to have to get a little creative. But it all starts with the run game. I think they're going to be able to run it. I mean, we we saw Auburn have success doing it. We've seen some teams get a push on this Alabama defense. And you have a month to prepare to basically say, okay, we need to take away Milrow's legs. You know, you got to spy the shit out of him. George actually used two spies and took away his legs. Might see that. And then you got to take away the explosive pass play. And because Milrow is, he has, I think, per PFF, 20 big time throws, no turnover worthy plays. He is arguably, yeah, the best single season of deep throws in college football history. Now, he can't throw it in the intermediate range. He can, but he will make a couple mistakes. He still struggles with accuracy, and he still struggles with reading defenses. So I think that they can confuse him into a mistake or two. This total's down to 44. It's going to be a lower-scoring game. Both teams are going to play slow. Both have good punters uh, that can flip the field. I think both teams are going to say, let's not try to make a mistake early. So I think it's going to be lower-scoring. I think the difference is Milrow makes a key mistake or two. Um but it's, it, I will admit, I, I bet Michigan, but it's a tough game to handicap. And I really think it just, I believe from everything that I dug into, that Michigan is going to be able to run it now that they're getting healthier and figure out the offensive line. But it's not a foregone conclusion. Unless Milrow has a disastrous day, then it's over. Because then you're going to you're gonna be getting sacked. You're, you're going to get probably some McCarthy fumbles because you cannot sit in third and eight all day. You, even against Iowa, they couldn't block Iowa. You saw it against Penn State. They couldn't even. They didn't even attempt a pass in the second half. Alabama has better, more talented edge rushers. I mean, right up there with Penn State, but I would say a little more talented. So that that's the key to the game. You'll know in the first quarter. Are they getting a push? Is McCarthy's legs? Is Edwards look healthier? And can they get you know traction on first and second down? If they can, I think Michigan wins. That's what I bet. But uh, I think it'll be a close, low scoring game. Like I think it's like going to be. 23 20 20 to 17 type of game so i would lean under but i did bet michigan i think that they're gonna be able to run the ball miller makes a key mistake or two and that's the difference but you know, i could be sitting in a bar next to you and telling you all this and going on my r- rants and start rambling and then you could say yeah but it's saving with a month of bear and then i'd be like oh well you're right so um you know you got the greatest coach of all time with a month to prepare so, yeah, I think it's a fascinating game. I played Michigan. It's not my favorite bet of all time, but uh, I think Michigan's actually going to get it done. Is Alabama one- flirting with disaster? It's not – you look at the yeah, – no. you know, their backfield, their wide receivers. It's not like your older brothers 
Alabama team as far as talent at the skill positions, and I think that's the difference. To me, one curveball always with Alabama in this stretch, now they have had a lot more veteran teams, and for them that means juniors, is when you have younger players you know, that are four and five stars, that are elite talents, that 30 days is like they can make improvements, right, with Nick. Where Michigan, their team kind of is what it is. All these guys are going to the NFL. It's more just like implementing the game plan and how do we beat them. Like where Nick's kind of doing a double whammy. He's still he's working on these guys that are all going to be, you know, a lot of them his starters next year, right, and trying to have them improve. I mean, I, is Jalen Milrow going to be their quarterback next year? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion. I mean, the way that he's closed the year is the favorite, but um, yeah, you never you never know. But that, know. that's the way it is with a lot of these positions that there's so much talent that so it's just hard. No, you, no one knows. Even Nick doesn't know how these guys are going to respond. We've seen them be in positions and their guys ball out. We've seen them be in positions a couple years ago. Remember after Mechie and uh, Jameson got hurt and the receivers were terrible, and then the, after the season ends, he basically kicks them off the team against a whole new group. So you just. It, it's pretty cutthroat there. It's like it's like a fucking NFL team. So I, I'm with you there, and uh, I, I don't have – I don't feel great on either side. I just can't wait to watch in the night game. Fucking love Washington. I, I think that has a chance just to be an elite football game, both these two games, which is which is nice. Glad we avoided Florida State. I know they're bitching and moaning right now, but this is – Yeah, yeah. by the way, I think both are field goal games, and just to throw it out, Washington, Texas, scary, another scary one, fade saving. I like the under. I don't mind your Washington bet. I think it's going to be played slower – Knocked me a lot of explosive plays. That's how Texas played. Well, they played in the bowl game last year. It was 27-20, even with a lot of yards. I think there's going to be some red zone stops. The Washington defense has come on of late. They have this guy, Durfee. Remember this name, Zach Durfee. Apparently, he's been ripping up their practices. He wasn't eligible all year. He's like an NAIA guy, but he hasn't been eligible all year. But now the NCAA changed this transfer rule, so he's going to play. All the I've been reading these Washington message boards. Like he's going to have like two to three sacks. I don't know how much he's going to play, but... He's an in like this. He's gonna play for the first time, uh, this season. And apparently, he's just like an absolute freak. But Washington plays slow, Texas doesn't play particularly fast. I think Washington's defense is trending up. I actually like the under. I think both games are gonna end in field goal, though. Can't wait, but yeah, let's get on the NFL. Okay, let's yeah, let's fire the NFL. I guess there's not much to rehash from last weekend beside Monday night, which the Ravens, I mean, I thought Mike McDonald put on a clinic. Uh, they were shoving them around up front. We can Oh, the balls were tipped. Well, one, they were tipped because clearly they were getting their hands up on Purdy. I mean, you know, Clowney had one knockdown. They, he's a smaller quarterback. Obviously, the one pick in the in the red zone, which was horrendous. The third pick, when he's throwing across his body, like Purdy, listen, I, I've supported him all season. He's had an awesome season. He makes a lot of those plays. And it's, you can make them when you're playing Seattle, when you're playing Arizona, when you're playing Philly. Who's, when you're playing one of the best defenses in the league, you could argue the best, you got to be careful on those type plays. So to me, that is on the quarterback. Like you, you don't get to play against the Cleveland Browns, against the Chiefs, against these teams. As I, I would say, as big of a freelancer when you're Brock Purdy that you do against a lot of the shittier teams, right? And you just go, "Oh, George is going to make a play." And to me, that that really cost them. And obviously, it snowballed, and they just got their ass kicked. And I'm glad the Niners didn't score late because that score would have been one of the most fraudulent scores of all time if it was a one-score game because that that felt more like a three-four score game. Yeah, I, that's the one question with, with Purdy. But you got to remember, he's basically a rookie. I mean, how many games has he started? Like, is he nineteen? I think. Yeah, so like he's basically started one full season. So the biggest question with him is that he he doesn't have a ton of experience because the Forty Nineers have been so good playing from behind, right? Having against a really good defense. So I think it was probably a good experience for him. 
I think it was actually assuming the 49ers still get the one seed. I think it was probably a good thing for the 49ers. They were starting to get a little fat and happy, right? They're just blowing out these teams in the NFC. Um, so, you know, assuming you still get the one seed with a couple weeks to go in the regular season, good, like, you know, if I was like Chanan, like, hey, this is, let's get a refocus game. Let's get our shit together, get focused for the playoffs. So I think it could end up working as a positive for the 49ers. Um, the, yeah, Kyle, Kyle said that yesterday. I think him and Purdy on Tuesday watched the game together, and he's like, obviously there's no better teaching tool than when you sh- you, you have an awful game and you fucking coach off of it. I mean, that's that's the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough to get everyone's attention when you just keep your you keep winning and you want to fi- and Shanahan, you know, his attention to detail and he wants to fix these little things, but every week you're winning by twenty, and you like are trying to fix it. So it's hard to, but now you're you're going to get everyone's attention. Um, but I thought McDonald had a great game plan. Um, I'd love to see a rematch. I'm also curious to see the game was so big for the Ravens. Uh, it was a lot bigger for the Ravens than the 49ers because the the Browns won. They played Case Keenum. They're going to play Simeon on Thursday night. Then they play Browning. They went out and the Ravens lost to the 49ers. If the Ravens then lost to the Dolphins, which is a possibility, and the Browns won out, which is likely, the Browns would have won the division. Uh, just a massive swing there. And then the, the most interesting part about that Ravens-Dolphins game this week, if the Ravens win, one seed. Locked up, you know, you take week 18 off, and you have a bye, home field advantage. It's huge in the AFC. The Dolphins then, if they lose that game, assuming the Bills beat the Patriots, week 18 is for the division. And But if the Dolphins beat the beat the Ravens one seeds in play they could get the two seed uh, they all the two seed locked up but the Bills all of a sudden say the if the Ravens win this weekend and the Bills win both are favorites the Bills next week if they beat the Dolphins Bills two seed they go from five weeks ago having ten to nine or ten seeds <laughs> yeah uh to make the playoffs to now three games away three results Beat the Patriots, beat the Dolphins, Ravens beat the Dolphins. The Bills are the two seed. Now, if not, they're the six or seven, uh, assuming they beat the Patriots. And then prayers up. Because uh, my worst, if the Dolphins beat the Ravens and then, you know, beat the Bills and the Bills are the seven and the Ravens are the two, ugh, absolute ni- yeah. nightmare for the Ravens season. Then have to play the Bills and the. So this game, again, is huge. I'm curious. Two things. I mean, I just can't wait to watch this game because now the Dolphins have some injuries. They're also coming off a big game. But how will the Ravens respond? Just like, are they going to be a little flat, you know, emotionally? It's a short week of huge game. We were we were so disrespected. They talked about a physical game too. And how will how will Mike McDaniel? You have the Mike McDaniel versus Mike McDonald matchup. We saw how McDonald attacked the Shanahan offense last week. How will what will some of the adjustments be? So I'm curious to see from a schematic standpoint uh, what McDaniel comes up with because it's you're playing, you know, the you just saw this defense go up against an offense that has a lot of similarities to yours. So uh, from an, and then I want to see what McDonald does to switch up things. So I'm really fascinated. You know, the cool part about that matchup is is McDonald is a Harbaugh guy, and the McDaniel Shanahan crew, you know, is kind of like the smart guys. Yep. And, you know, the Harbaugh, when you think Harbaugh's, you just think like fucking heavyweight fighters. They just want to brawl. And when you think yep. Shanahan's, obviously they like physical players, but, you know, it's about outthinking you, out scheming you. 
Yeah. And the the one thing, you know, texting with a buddy on the Raven staff, he's like, I, it, he 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 called McDonald the boy genius. He's like, the guy's fucking awesome. And he he this guy loved Wink. I mean, they, they they're used to having good defensive coordinators there. But his ability to use Kyle Hamilton, who was, you know, I think a lot of teams get scared off with guys like that, right? Because your defensive coordinator better be elite to use that guy. Their D-line is just fucking massive. I mean, it's just, their D-line right now is better than the 49ers D-line. Obviously, they lead the league in sacks. But they don't necessarily have, like, a Nick Bosa. They just have a unit that plays really well. And then their two linebackers, I mean, just make a ton of tackles. And all their DBs hit. And I, I my, my takeaway from that game is, like, the Niners are used to the reason they blow everyone out because they're so much more physical. And then they kind of get on you and they start kicking you when you're down, like a UFC fighter. Well, the Ravens are cool with getting in the ring, right? And, and then they kind of bullied them. And and the Niners, you know, were kind of shell-shocked a little bit because they're used to just when they shove you, you don't usually shove back. And then obviously the turnovers and everything snowballed. And then Lamar, let's face it, I mean, he's probably going to win the MVP this year, but his numbers, you know, pale in comparison to what they were years ago, but he's a way better player now, don't you think? He's just way more under control. I, I just feel like he's a way more, like to me, he's. A, I know he was considered a star back then, but like this guy, and there's a lot of pressure to me on the Ravens that like, like you should win the AFC. Like this is kind of a good year for you to go to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. the Super Bowl is weird. We've seen weird games happen, but like there's no excuse to be like a one and done team or not make a legit run here, which they haven't really done under Lamar. Yeah, no, this is it's a huge year for Lamar, and it's funny because like it's still one game with an oblong ball. Um, yeah, but so weird shit happens. But that's it's going to be put on him, and that's that's the name of the game in the NFL. And yeah, the I I, I love McDonald. I can uh, the one thing that I can tell you, but the Ravens more than any other team in the league. Whenever I dig into what coverages they use, when they're blitzing every single week. There is, it's completely different. So like yeah. a lot of a lot of NFL teams have tendencies like you're going to run. Now no one runs one coverage. You, everyone's mixing in all types of zones and mans. But you'll have teams that are you know man heavy like the Cowboys. You have teams that are really zone heavy like the Seahawks. The Ravens on a week to week basis, depending on the matchup, depending on their playing, might go completely zone heavy. They might go completely man heavy. Um, they might use just a ton of simulated pressures. Not when, when, when you say the best defensive coordinators. Fangio, Wink, yeah. you just go around the you, Todd Bowles, all have a calling card that they usually kind of, Mike Zimmer forever, like they do yeah. the same shit over and over. They just master which, it. Which is why uh, part of the reason why I liked the the Ravens last week against the 49ers, because they, and they were able to confuse Purdy into a pick or two, because you give Shanahan you know the best offensive schemer and you say, okay, here's the defense you're going to play. Um, he's going to come up with plays to beat that defense and put your quarterback in good positions. But you don't know what you're going to expect from the Ravens yeah. on a week-to-week basis. It's There's the no... it's the Belichick. Yep, exactly. Um, so that's what makes the this Raven this Ravens defense. If you look like, you know, Hamilton's a star. He's probably going to be an All Pro. Uh, Roquan Smith's one of the best linebackers in the NFL, but he's not like a Hall of Famer. If you look at the Ravens defense, they're not, you know, and I love Humphrey. It's not like, oh my God, look at all these stars, but it's the it's a unit. Yeah, it's the sum of the parts. They all play together. They're all in. And then it's the it's the play calling, the game planning, and the preparation. So uh, I would love to see a rematch to see what Shanahan does. Obviously, that game just slipped away. Purdy had a bad game. Um, but uh, it's uh, I hope we see a, a rematch in the Super Bowl because I do think those are the two best teams. 
why I I would imagine you don't want McDonald to leave in, in one place, you know, that loves defense in Chicago. Uh, you know, he's going to interview for sure this offseason, but you just, with defensive coaches, you never quite know. Uh, Falcons, the Bears, you know, there's been a lot of momentum. Like, Eberflu's going to keep his job. They're not going to, they're going to keep rolling with Justin Fields. Like, no, I, I think Eberflu's probably done, and Justin Fields, they're going to draft a quarterback. But, uh, who you like in this game? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I like the Falcons plus three. I talked about this last week. The Falcons, not an Art Smith guy. But they were – I still think they're undervalued, even though they beat the shit out of the Colts last week. Heineke's a big upgrade. I think Heineke's 15th in EPA per play across the NFL. Witter is like 31st and would literally just give games away. And despite that, talked about this last week, they were 1-5 in five in games decided by five or less with four losses in the final minute over the past two months. So they easily could have nine, ten wins. Um, and then the Bears, look, they've been playing better. Adding sweat was big to their pass rush. But this is a team that here are their wins. They have six wins. They beat the Vikings with Josh Dobbs, the Raiders with Brian Hoyer, the Commanders, the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Lions without outdoor pumpkin golf in the wind. That's it. So, like, I think we're at the peak of the market on the Bears. Look, and the Falcons run D, number one in rush EPA. You can't run on them. You have to throw it. Well, here's the problem. Mooney, concussion. Komet didn't practice today. Uh, he's hurt. DJ Moore dealing with an ankle injury. A couple offensive line injuries. So their offense is banged up. Falcons yeah. might finally get all five offensive linemen back. Uh, Heineke is an upgrade. I think the Falcons are still uh, a bit undervalued in the market. And, you know, with a spread of three rests in the Bears, this Bears team all of a sudden is a favorite to win by margin. And this isn't the Cardinals. This isn't the Panthers. Um so, yeah, I like the Falcons here. I think it's a team that's, despite last week, it's still, they're still undervalued. Um, and for what it's, this is a, just a crazy one-off stat. All This will be the 16th Falcons game. All 16 have had a spread of three and a half or less. Never happened in NFL history. Jesus. Okay, uh, 
you, you kind of went the other way on the Bills last week, and you, were, you fucking nailed it. Took the Chargers and all the points. This week, they're getting even more points. Obviously, it's at home playing the Patriots coming off a pretty massive win where, for the most part, they punked uh, Denver. Then the game got weird toward the end. Uh, Bills getting almost you know two touchdowns, minus 13. You like the Bills big this weekend? I do. Uh, I've been in tune with the Bills this year. When to bet them, when to not. So hopefully that continues. Um, the So last week, the Bills, they go. I, I just love the spot for the Charter. It was a yeah. classic. Like, they had three huge games in a row. Short week out west. You're playing a team that just fired its coach, got embarrassed, had extended rest. You were going to get the – and you saw it early. I knew. I knew right away. I, yeah, I take told a you lead. Said, yeah. You'll know in the first two minutes. You saw the defenses flying around. The Bills were a little flat. And I said that I then I got started worried because I have a Bills future. I'm like, they could lose this game. And uh luckily they pulled it out at the end. Um, but now you have, you know, you get an extra day of rest and prep. You're coming back home, refocus spot. You're playing a Patriots team that you lost to earlier this season at home in front of a raucous crowd. I think what happens here is you get focused but Bills effort early. And by the way, Patriots have uh, you want to you want to look at an injury report. I mean, both their safeties might not play. Their linebackers are hurt. A couple offensive linemen are probably going to be out. They just put Ramondre Stevenson on IR. A couple of receivers, their tight end. I mean, they, this is a mash unit this week. Zappi played better last week, but he's still 38th of 40 in EPA per play among quarterbacks. Still prone to mistakes. So what happened? What I think happens here? Bills come out. They unleash Allen a little bit. She still can't really run on the Patriots, but now with their secondary injuries, I think. Allen, Bills, come out on fire, get a lead. What does that lead to? That makes Zappy, you know, especially because you get on have seat Stevenson. You're running with, you know, the ghost of Zeke. So you're going to have to rely on Zappy to drop back in front of this raucous crowd, mistakes. And then I think it just snowballs on the Patriots. And Daquan Jones, uh, talked about this with the Bills earlier, huge loss, that defensive tackle. And they just haven't been the same up front, full participant in practice, back off wow. IR. I expect him to be back. That's massive. I think Micah Hyde might be back at safety. So this Bills defense, they added Rasul Douglas to replace Trey White. You're going to get Daquan Jones back trending up. The only piece you're still missing is Matt Milano, but some of the other linebackers have stepped up. So this team's coming together right at the right time. But I think Bills refocus spot with revenge over the Patriots. Come out, get a lead, force Zappi to throw. He'll make some mistakes. And then it just snowballs from there. And Patriots just aren't built for the most part, to come back in games from a behind on a game script. So, yeah, I like the Bills to win this game big. Usually when they win um, against bad teams, they come out focused, they win big. And I think this is a good focus spot for the Bills. So I like the minus 13. You know, obviously one of the stories of, I would say, December, I saw 10 touchdowns, one pick, has been Baker Mayfield and just playing really good football. And I, I – before we hopped on, I pull up DraftKings Sportsbook. I see that, you know, the, the line was two and a half. Some places have three. I was like, how's Tampa not favored by like four or five, right? The Saints have been pretty bad. This is to win the division. The, to me, the line was an immediate red flag. And uh, listen, I, I, don't, I have no confidence in this division. I have no confidence in any of these teams. I, I wouldn't even feel comfortable betting this game because I think everyone is, oh, Tampa's going to win. Well, then you look at the line, you're like, well... It's not now historically a lot of these players. There's still a lot of carryover from some of the Sean Payton guys who are comfortable playing in this game to guys that you know played with Brady. Because I mean, let's face it, a lot of those guys are still there, right? Mike Evans, Vita Vea, 
the linebacker who's been controversial with his injury situation, uh, the DBs. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a hard time. I, I guess the logic I would have, e- even taking the points with the Saints, would be Derek Carr in a big spot, even more than Dennis Allen, like Derek in a big spot. And he has just been – he just doesn't want to get hit anymore. And that, that much is – he'd been like that for a while, but he really looks like that now. And, uh, you know, Russell, we, we talk a lot about him because it's obviously one of the worst contracts of all time. He's going to get cut. But Derek's contract – the next tier below, if they lose this game, miss the playoffs, and they're kind of stuck with them, has a chance to be a pretty shitty contract. This is a massive game for Derek Carr. Yeah, uh, horrible contract, especially when you consider – I know they do their their ridiculous math every year and make it work, but the Saints contract – Always push the money back. Yeah, the salary know. cap situation. Like, this is a team – and they're old. They're old as shit. Um so the, the, their depth is hurt. This is a team that just needs to be blown up. Like you didn't need to give Carr uh, all that money. You you had you already had Winston right in a bad division. You could win the you could have won the division with Winston. Yeah. And what you need is and then if it went south, great. You have all you know. You got to start fixing your salary. You got to draft. You got to find a young quarterback. And then you got to start rebuilding this roster. Um, it's just the the, the Saints are like this just this zombie. Um, that eventually, you know, is going to get shot in the head uh, and fall over. And if they lose this game, that might be the breaking point. But uh, I just look the the Bucks. I will say Baker Mayfield's played better, but he has been pretty lucky. I mean, he has twenty six touchdowns, eight interceptions. If you go by some advanced metrics, he has twenty one big time throws, twenty turnover worthy plays. So he has some mistakes coming. Bucks, we do these at Action Network. We do these luck rankings and. It basically just looks at okay what teams are and what they should be, and the Bucks, you know, based on expected score, Pythagorean wins. The Bucks should be six and nine. They're the second luckiest team in the NFL this year. The Saints are the thirty-first. They've been the second unluckiest. Whenever there's a gap, there's a thirty percent gap between them and luck. In week thirteen or later, we've been doing this for seven years. Twenty-eight seven and two against the spread. If you bet the unlucky team, that's eighty percent. Why have the Bucks been lucky? Well, a number of reasons. Mayfield's gotten away with some throws. Their red zone D is w- way overperformed. This isn't an elite defense, and they've been one of the best red zone Ds. They've fumbled it, I think, 20 times. I've only lost five. They've been really bad on early downs because they can't run the ball. I think they're 23rd in EPA per play on early downs. It's 12th on late downs, which are less predictive and harder to sustain. And so they've been like turnovers, fourth downs. They've been extremely fortunate. And so this team has been running really well. And I think it's a good time to sell them. They've won four straight, but who did they beat? Right. Like you got to remember this team just went one and six a month ago. They, they finished a one and six stretch and now they won four in a row. And the narrative has changed. Like make Mayfield's back. They beat the Panthers by three at home. They beat the Falcons on a last second touchdown. They beat the Jag, the corpse of the Jags. Um, and then the Packers, whose defense is just in free fall mode. So, like, am I really that impressed with those four wins? No. Um, so who does I, da- if you're doing look ahead lines, who would Dallas rather face in a playoff game on the road? Uh, obviously, they killed Tampa last year, you know, with Tom. I, I would say, is it fair to say I the think Saints just have a tough, tougher road environment? Yeah, but they might rather play. I mean, you could just like with. With Mayfield, there's more variance. Like he can get the ball downfield. You have better receivers. Like, um, 
have more offensive firepower, it feels like. Yeah, White. so Bowles is a good defensive game planner. So I, I think they would rather yeah, – it's not as – but then you get to – yeah, because – I think they'd rather play the Saints. You also get to play indoors if you're the Cowboys. Um, yeah. With their speed, so. But I ultimately think there's just not much difference between the Saints, Falcons, and Bucks. You're giving me three. You're giving me three. You're giving me a field goal. You need three years. So if you're shopping around, I wouldn't bet two and a half. I think this is. You know, these two teams aren't that different. Bucks have been pretty lucky, which is mirroring some issues. Saints have issues too. These are all like seven and nine. Seven and so what? Ten. What do the the Falcons need the Saints to win, and then they beat the Saints the last week of the season? So no, the all the the Bucks are in, in great position. The if the Bucks win this week, they clinch the division. If they lose, all they need to do is beat the Panthers. But they play at Carolina, so if the Falcons win this week, and then the Falcons beat the Saints, they need um, the Bucks to lose still, and then the Saints beat the Bucks. They need the Bucks to lose the Panthers. And I will tell you, uh, and I actually have a bet on the the Falcons. To win the division, which I, I is pretty dead, but I will say that if that situation sets up, if the Falcons beat the Bears, and then they're underdogs, and the yeah. uh, Saints beat the Bucks, then I will say Week 18 every single year. We'll talk about this next week. Teams that need to win against teams that are way out of it, especially in division, there's one to two that get upset every single season in the NFL. Yeah, lines usually inflated too. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Panthers won that game. So it, things could still get weird in the NFC South. But I just think these two teams aren't that different. I'll take the field goal. Extended rest, too, for the Saints, which later in the year is more important, especially for an older team. Because uh, they're like Cam Jordan looks like he's like 60 years old out there. So just getting a couple extra days helps. Uh, this is this game probably right down the wire. But the Bucks do have a lot of regression coming. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they don't convert on a fourth down. Mayfield throws two picks. Uh, you know, the Saints convert their red zone trips. So uh, I like the three here. Okay, Stucky, Merry Christmas. Uh, have a good New Year's weekend. Enjoy the games, and let's, shit, keep rolling. Uh, happy New Year to everyone. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and, uh, yeah, enjoy the games this weekend. It's a great weekend of uh, football across the board, so hopefully uh, we can bring some winners home. Let's go, baby. The Volume. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.